This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. So many of you know that we recently did a coast-to-coast bike relay from our Connecticut brewery to our San Diego brewery as, you know, really the first coast-to-coast expansion of any non-alcoholic brewery in the country. Uh, We wanted to do things a little differently. We didn't want to just cut some ribbon. We decided to do something that really lives up to our name, Athletic Brewing, by literally biking from one brewery to the other. So we got 10 riders, everyone committed to like 300 or so miles. And over the course of 40-ish days, just under 40 days, we strategically biked literally from the Connecticut brewery and biked all the way across. It was crazy. 3,200 miles, 150,000 feet of elevation gain. Um, Nick Brown and I coordinated the whole thing. So we were in the support van the whole time, just making lunches and Uh, you know, coordinating lodging and and routes and everything, going around wildfires to tornado weather to hail to um, vehicle incidents to, geez, just everything you could imagine, deserts and extreme heat, you know, even cold. I mean, we faced some pretty cold temperatures, surprisingly, uh, to wildfire smoke. It It was absolutely crazy. And uh, we just got done, literally finished this week. I'm saying literally a lot, but it, it was just a crazy adventure. So so I guess it, uh, it justifies it. But we just finished, like I said. And for our last segment from the Grand Canyon to Los Angeles, we had Michael Ship riding with us. And um, it was just such a pleasure to get to know him. He's one of our ambassadors. Uh, we have hundreds of ambassadors around the country, but Mike was a great candidate for this part of the country. Um, and so we decided to pull him for this, and he did a killer job at knocking out the 500 miles and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about kind of what motivates him he, he's really driven by community building and by just getting people together and meeting each other which is you know obviously challenging in a time like covid for someone like mike to, to thrive uh, who loves groups but we're going to be talking about all that talk about his life but um yeah, it was an incredible journey, but to kind of wrap this whole experience up, Mike's going to be making the closing without compromise episode on the recent coast-to-coast bike adventure. And so we, we we actually have one day left when we do the interview, which would be the ride from LA to San Diego, which we did the next day, and it was awesome. Um, but I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to Mike personally, I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Uh, but thank you again to everyone that participated, all the other riders Um, that we didn't get to interview, but also to everyone that just helped make this happen. Um, Non-alcoholic beer through Athletic Brewing is is here, and uh, we literally just celebrated it going across the country and telling people about it. So uh, yeah, you'll be seeing more and more of us soon if you don't already. But here is the interview. All right, folks, uh, welcome to Without Compromise. Today, we've got Athletic Brewing Ambassador Mike Ship, he's on the he's on the coast to coast ride with us. We're in L.A. right now. We are. He's come from, jeez, uh, uh, Grand Canyon. We've had a quite a few days of epic riding. Uh, today was along the beach, and then we're going to finish out San Diego in a couple days. But uh, 
Yeah, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Excited man. to be here. Yeah, so we're, we're in a hotel room. Uh, you know, we are maintaining distance, but we wanted to record this episode and just kind of hear your story. You are you are one of our ambassadors, like I said, and, and, and definitely one of the most active. You, I see your pictures a lot. You're always all over the place with a lot of people, but just kind of wanted to hear more of like your background, where you came from. Right. And if you don't mind, man, I, I'd love to go all the way back and hear like, like, where did you grow up? Like, yeah. I know you're from Philly. You're always wearing Philly stuff. Are always. you from Philly? I am definitely from Philly. Yep. Born and raised? Born and raised in Philly. Uh, how was that? What was that like? Oh, gosh. I mean, it was it was all I knew. So it was great in the moment, right? Um, and Philly's a great city. So, you know, great family, great upbringing, and just great surroundings, great community, really diverse community, really. I love the city. Yeah, you, you've mentioned that. Yeah. You love cities. I, I love cities. Actually, I was talking to my partner, Daniela, um, and during a ride, I'm loving all the views. You know, we went to Sedona, which is by far my favorite ride. But once we came here, it was like a, a, a light switch. It was like, oh, man, this, this feels like home. Although I loved every moment up until now, once we got to L.A., it's like, this is where I need to be. <laughs> Really? That's yeah. how, man, that's so funny because my light switch turns off <laughs> when we go to the city. <laughs> we get here and like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get back out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> around, surrounded by rocks. <laughs> See, that's the great thing about LA because you have the rocks. Although, you know, with all the fires and pollution, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Uh, we can't see all the rocks. It's clear, but <laughs> it's cool. It's there. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad everybody's different because if everyone was like me, then everybody'd be out there. And right. if every, you know, there's obviously people love the city because that's where most most people are yep. are in cities. And so, so you grew up in Philly. Did, what, did you grow up playing sports? Did you grow up yeah. being active? What did you do? Yeah, I had a uh, pretty active family. Um, you know, my dad he was is and can, was a big part of my life. My uncle, um, they always played basketball. My dad was a coach for a lot of teams as I was growing up. Not particularly my teams, but a lot of my uncle's teams. So I was always really excited to to uh, join my dad's team once I got a bit older. But before that happened, I was always involved in some kind of outdoor activity. I'm still an only child, so my grandmother, who raised me because I had teenage parents, my grandmother raised me and she just worked all the time, so she always had me in programs, always had me in some kind of team, and I always stayed busy <laughs> um, <laughs> playing baseball, basketball, uh, sometimes football. I hated getting dirty, so I would go like try out with the team and at that age, everybody made the team. But once we started to play with the pads, I was like, all right, I'm going to the gym. And that's where I really fell in love with basketball. Okay. Um, yeah. And that was like my my sport up until I became an endurance athlete. Mine too. There you go. I love basketball. So do you still not like getting dirty? Uh, I don't mind as much now, especially as a triathlete, you know, swimming in some pretty, I wouldn't say disgusting, but not the best bodies of water sometimes. No, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't a big old pool of smart water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I have to get used to, get comfortable being uncomfortable, as I always like to say. That's cool, man. So, so how did you how did you transition from, like, traditional sports to endurance sports? I feel like a lot of people are doing that. I'm mm -hmm. doing that. I, here at Athletic, like, 
I've seen it over and over again. Right. You know, right. A, a lot of them are basketball too. Basketball mm-hmm. to like some mountain sports or running or something. Mm-hmm. What was? Why, why did you transition? Uh, getting older. <laughs> <laughs> getting older. <laughs> no, you know, Can't realizing I, people up. <laughs> yeah, realizing I, I have to go to work the next day, and not wanting to go play basketball because I'm scared I'm get hurt. I haven't had a serious injury to this point and I don't really want to risk it now. So what can I do to stay active, build a community and uh, just continue to challenge myself? And that's where, you know, running, which led to triathlon came in. Was this, I know you have a career in the military. Did you get into endurance before or after that? (laughs) Really funny story about that. My chief, Chief Pena, uh, when I was in the Navy, he uh, would try to get us to do these free 5Ks on base. Uh, He he became a runner and he tried to make everybody that reported to him a runner. And if people know about the Navy in particular, we have a physical fitness test. We have to run a mile and a half. That's it. Um, but if you know what a 5k is, it is not a mile and a half. (laughs) So anytime he would try to get us to do again, these very free 5k's for, uh, for fun. Um, I would argue him down as if I were a lawyer. Sometimes I would win. Sometimes I would have to go do the 5k through time. Once I transitioned out of the military, it was a really difficult time, uh, in my life. And that's when I started to pick up the endurance sports because although I can go play basketball, you know, finding that community through endurance sports was the thing to do as an, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's, that's really where that switch came in. Although it wasn't in the military, it was definitely with a military community at that time. I, I'm, I've never, I'm not in the military. Don't yeah. really come from a military family. It's, it seems like it's just endurance all day, every day, everything you do. Yeah. Mental endurance, you know, or sometimes physical endurance, depending on what your, what your job is. Mine was administrative. So it was definitely a lot of mental Mm. endurance opposed to physical. Mm. So you mentioned it was a tough transition. What, what, what was tough about getting out of the military getting Uh, back in for you? Yeah. So anytime people go into the military, it's, the hardest part is being away from what you're comfortable with. Um, so when I was taken away from Philly, I've never lived anywhere up until then. I had to get used to just being away from home. So the hardest part about that transition is being so so comfortable with, you know, them telling me exactly what to do, when to do it, where to be, and how to be there, actually. And then once I got out the military, I had to figure out all those things for myself. Right. So even though I would argue with my chief about doing these free 5Ks, I had to prepare and go to PT or go to physical training, you know, three times a week. And once I transitioned, yeah, I could do that, but I didn't have to. And I started not doing it much more. So that for me, physical fitness ties a lot into my mental health. Mm -hmm. So once I, you know, stopped, training and start working out by force, I started gaining a lot of weight. And that's where depression started to kick in. That's when alcoholism started to kick in. And that that's when that difficulty with the transition, um, as well as, you know, uh, work, because I got out, I got off active duty in 2009. So if you know, 2008, 2009, folks were not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know about that, you know, just being a young kid. So it was a really difficult transition for a lot of reasons. 
Do you see that in your other veterans that you know, that transition out? Yeah, yeah. I see that a lot, actually. Even once I started a quote-unquote career working at Merrill Lynch, I realized it was difficult for me to transition into there, uh, which is when I started a employee resource groups for the state of New Jersey for military veterans uh, because I knew how difficult it was for me. So I wanted to make sure other folks that were transitioning to Merrill Lynch had that resource. Mm. And I would definitely see folks struggling a lot. Dang, man. So, so, so having such, such a structured life right. to one that it's really just up to you, like a blank canvas, what happened for you to kind of help get out of that? Because it can become just an endless cycle, mm-hmm. as you know, as you see, as we hear all the time stories every day of people that something like that leads them down this path, and it's very, very hard to get out of. What what turned it around for you or helped turn it around? How did that get started? Definitely want to give a big shout out to Team Red, White, and Blue. Um, so they're, they're a military veterans organization, that, and they help veterans transition from, you know, uh, military to civilian life through physical and social activities. When my partner at the time, she was actually at training because she was also in the military, and she saw this shirt. Uh, for a team RWB. And when she, once she came back home, she said, hey, this is a group we have to check out. So just connecting with them and getting active with them was a big reason I had that switch and started to become more active in my community as well as being physically active. And they were the biggest resource at the time for me when I needed them. Mm. Yeah. So do endurance sports in itself help help fill that void too of like structure? Uh, yes, because, you know, if I'm at the time, it was just five K's half marathons, but I had to plan for when I, when I would go run. And then eventually I started to do triathlons. So now I needed to plan for when I would go swim, bike and run. And I still like to do strength workouts. So now I need to figure out all these things, but I also have a partner that I need to be, you know, be supportive of. And I have a job, so that helped, that forced me to get really structured with my life. And that's why I love triathlon, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a lot of structure for a lot of time, right. too. It's a lot of time commitment is what I realized. First of all, the events are really long, but training for them is, you know, months of, of very strenuous preparation. So yeah. I could see how from that background it would help. Yeah, I always say the the event, the the race is the celebration for the hard work. Like we're doing the coast to coast, yeah. you know. Um, and I know we'll talk about this in a bit, but it's definitely unfortunate that the we couldn't do the coast to coast ride as originally planned. But this is just a celebration. Everything that I and other riders did to this point is the hard work. Mm-hmm. So just like uh, triathlon, the structure that had to be put in place is what makes you a quote unquote Ironman or, you know, a a finisher of these events. It's not the actual event. It is, but it isn't. Right. Right. Yep. (laughs) You know, that's what we've been saying this whole time with this coast to coast trip. It really is a giant celebration, a giant, you know, symbolic celebration of all the work that's been put into making non-alcoholic beer a thing, you know what I mean? A nationwide thing. And so, we're just really celebrating that by doing something in our name, athletic, across the whole country. And like you said, and like folks know, we had to change that 
layout a lot, but it's been positive and it's been really cool. And you've had some really cool days of riding, but you know, going back to you and your life, um, you know, you got into endurance sports, uh, but something that you mentioned a, f- a little bit ago, like you just, you'd love building community. Mm-hmm. C- can you talk about that? Cause, cause that was actually a word I use for you a lot. Every time yeah. Mike Ship's name come up, I always, always say like, this guy's like a community builder mm-hmm. to his core. Why is that important to you? Yeah, it's by far the most important thing. Wow. <laughs> um, it's yes, yeah, 100% the most important thing. Uh, Again, being an only child to teenage parents, they couldn't take to take care of me. You know, I love my parents today, but it's hard for them to support me in the way that parents probably should now. But I recognized at a really early age how, how important that community was to make sure I had some kind of upbringing. You know, um, whether good or bad, at least I had something. At least, you know, uh, the folks, whether it was other family members, whether it was family members, uh, I'm sorry, friends, or shoot, whether it was government programs, I needed some kind of community to make sure I had some kind of decent life. And recognizing that at a very early age was something that just continued to stick with me. Um, Up till now, it's still something that's so important to me. And I wanna make sure I'm always paying it forward to whoever I come across. Like, do you take a comfort in it? Yeah, I definitely take comfort in the the community around me. I I thrive with community. I thrive with people. I'm 100% an extrovert. I do think people appreciate and recognize the community that they have around them, but probably not as much until they're gone. And Mm -hmm. I I don't want to wait until my community is gone to show them that I appreciate them. And I try to do it while I'm here. Any any chance I get. It's awesome, man. So, so, you know, speaking of, you know, building community, you've started something recently called um, Perfect Time in Multisport. Right. C- could, could you mention just like, what is that? And, yeah. and what, what what's the purpose behind it? And what, what are you doing? Yeah. So I always tell people Perfect Time in Multisport is not a club. <laughs> and folks that, you know, know me or will laugh at that. But uh, it's really just a resource um, for people in the multisport space are people that want to get into the multi-sports space. And Perfect Timing is essentially the stories that we try to get across is tell us about a time that you were going through something in your life and a moment it made no sense. Um, but as you went through it, you realized that was the perfect time to be in that space. And then the multi-sport part comes in is you get through those times and those really difficult times and use athletics as a resource. Hmm. So... And doing that, we have three platform. Well, we have one platform, but uh, the foundation is again one through the podcast, Perfect Time in Multisport, which is the podcast, uh, also a vlog. Um, two, we have our coaching programs, our training programs, and then three, the events that we hold. Uh, so that's like the full scope of what Perfect Time in Multisport is. And again, just really highlighting a diverse community in the multi-sport space, which if folks know about triathlon on the multi-sport space, our endurance at space, um, it is not a diverse one. So we are really, really intentional of making sure we highlight the diversity in that community. Mm. Now, now that you're trying to connect this community, it's in the DC area. Have you, have you seen growth? In the diverse community in triathlons and in multi-sport versus maybe a few years ago before you started doing this? Uh, yes, we've I've seen growth. Um, 
And although Perfect Time and Multisport is based out of D.C., we try our best to make sure we get outside of the DMV area. Um, but thinking about just the triathlon community, I've definitely seen growth. But I do recognize that a lot of the folks that are highlighting the diverse community right now are in response to what's happening happening in the country. Hmm. Um, and the thing that I worry about and the reason I wanted to make sure I start a perfect time in multi-sport and continue to do the work is because I don't want our stories to stop being told once it stops being the, the cool thing to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure we have a platform to share our stories. Hopefully a year or two years later when we don't have to worry about folks telling their story in response to something happening. But if they don't, we'll have perfect time in multi-sport to share our stories and there highlight go, those man. folks. That's awesome. So, so you know, what, what are some events that, that you have coming up, yeah. either through PM, PTM or, or, or just personal? Yeah. So uh, before coming up, uh, some examples, we had our Juneteenth ride, you know, connecting with a friend uh, in D.C., Mashonda. Um, she connected with me, asked me to do the Juneteenth ride, and we Although we tried our best to keep it under wraps, we had about 140 people come out. You know, no promotion at all. It was just, hey, this is what I'm doing, reaching out to our personal network. Um, and people came out. So that was our first event. And our next event is actually a virtual 5K. And it's supporting an organization called Black Kids Swim. And they're doing a 3.3.5 mile swim. Was it in Senegal? to the island of Gore uh, with two recent Howard University students. Uh, yeah, that were swim uh, captains for their college. Um, so we're doing a virtual 5K to support their efforts for Blackhead Swim. Oh, that's awesome, man. So no, all proceeds 100% go to this organization and we just wanna make sure we're amplifying what they're doing. And then I was going to ask you, you know, talking about perfect timing and what it was about. What what can you sh- tell us any story about something that maybe you didn't understand going through it, but now looking back, it was just perfect timing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Share a couple if you got them. Yeah, shoot, I can go back to the first time I in high school. <laughs> I hated going to school. You know, again, my grandmother raised me, but up until eighth ninth grade, um, I always lived with my grandmother. And once I hit ninth grade, I moved with my mother. Um, Again, she had me really young, so she tried her best, but she just couldn't take care of me in the way that my grandmother was at the time. Uh, So once I hit ninth grade, all up until then, I never missed school. But hit high school, I never went to school. And the only reason I actually started going to school is because I realized that a lot of people that played on the team, on the basketball team, were not. I realized I was much better than him. The only reason I couldn't play is because I wasn't eligible. The only reason I wasn't eligible is because I wasn't going to school. So being in that space and wanting to, you know, play, uh, I had to get my butt in school. I had to get my grades up. And then I eventually made the team, continued to play throughout the rest of high school. Um, But it was the perfect time to be in that space because I needed that. I needed to make sure I did the work so I can get what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely a perfect time. And then now I'll fast forward all the way to when I was introduced to, you know, athletic brewing company, my partner and I, we were back and forth in our relationship. We were both training for this race, Ironman Atlantic city in 2019. 
And that was like a way that we really rebuilt our relationship through like through the training of through the training through oh, the training wow. with the team and we just had to be t- I together make or break you i guess yeah it? <laughs> <laughs> so it was like all right we're here now so it was again the, the perfect time for us to to rebuild that relationship as training partners and then now we continue to to do that as partners in life no not married but yeah <laughs> and you found athletic at that and we found atle- athletic oh, at the uh at the um finish line oh so, so we're like we're like relationally tied between y'all now there you like go it's, it's holding it together there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny so you know taking that concept for your own life turning it into a platform what what have you learned about chasing chasing an idea like chasing something out of the box mm. or something crazy because you know we we get that a lot you know we're yeah. making non-alcoholic beer for christ's sake you know yeah. it's like it's crazy to a lot of people what do you what are you learning about that doing something similarly out there yeah uh it's funny people will deal with the imperfections as long as you're consistent that's what i'm learning a lot of times people hit us up and say i love what you're doing you're always so consistent. They don't really talk about the product. They just say, we know that you're going to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we know that we can depend on you. Um, you say you're going to do something. We we know that we can rely on that. So that's definitely something I learned. Just stay consistent, stay the course, be perfect in those imperfections, and you'll figure it out through time. A lot of people start off strong or have really good ideas and maybe something holds them back and they stop making that thing. What have you learned? What's one of the coolest things you've learned from one of your your guests on Perfect Timing? Gosh, uh, we recently did a interview with a woman named Mina and she is she's training to do what is it um everesting so she's just going up and down these hills and so what she, what is that so she she has to climb hill in dc the height of mount everest and so she's training on this hill she i think recently she did about 107 miles in dc and as we talked about earlier it's hard to find hills in dc but she's just going up and down this hill for hours and hours and hours to reach you know she just had she she accomplished the half everesting uh goal which is about 15,000 feet, just up and down this one hill all day. But again, I, I can actually go on and on with the stories, but that that's definitely something that comes to mind first, uh, just because she's such a phenomenal person. The community is growing, and I uh, definitely wish y'all luck. Appreciate it. Man, was there any other story you wanted to share before we remo- move into rapid fire? Uh, yeah, um, even think about the reason, you know, starting Perfect Time in Multisport and, and something I learned. Uh, I can think about communities that I've been a part of and reasons that I stopped being a part of them. And something I learned is, hey, I just have to, I, I don't have to beg for a seat at anybody's table. I can just create my own table. And who wants, whoever wants to be here and partake in what we're building, cool. And if you don't, that's fine. But this is who we are. This is what we're, bu- we're building. This is what we believe in. And we would love for the community to be a part of, of it. Um, but it's fine if you're not. There are other places. There are other spaces. Um, this is where this is where we are, and this is who we are, and we're perfect the way that we are. Perfect timing. There you go. <laughs> we said that a bunch on the last five days. We 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 have <laughs> lots of puns. Lots of puns, man. It's been it's been fun riding with y'all though, you and Daniela, and uh, in some cool places. I know it hasn't been the cities, but yeah. 
not gonna lie, they're, they're cool places still. Very I, I, cool places. I love it. I love it. Like we, I love the outdoors. We love me, Daniela, and I. We love being outdoors. So again, I love it. But I love being in the city. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. Here we are. So, so rapid fire. I'm gonna ask you like five or six questions. You can answer either you know one word or just a couple sentences, just okay. quick. All right. All right. Number one. Up until this point in your life, what is your favorite achievement? Hmm. When I was working at Merrill Lynch, I won a Global Diversity and Inclusion, uh, yeah, Global Diversity and Inclusion Award um, as an employee at Merrill Lynch, and that was definitely my favorite achievement so far. Was it like like a global? Y- yeah. So award they across of, the whole world. Of, uh, we have well, Bank Bank of America has employees throughout the world, and they only select about ninety nine uh, people to win this award, and I was one of the of the people because of the community that I was building at Merrill Lynch and Bank of America. I won this award. Wow. That's a good, uh, resume builder for what you're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally right on the nose of what you're doing. So, so what are you most curious about right now outside of PTM and triathlons? <laughs> oh gosh. That, that is actually the thing I'm most curious about. What, what is going to happen with PTM? But, uh, what am I most curious about? When are we going to find a cure so we can so we can get out of these COVID times? <laughs> I'm ready for some kind of new normal. This has got to be a killer for you. It, the quarantine and everything, because you're yeah. you literally thrive off groups. I thrive off community, and I can't. How hard was it community. for you then, like in March, April? Because that's when you launched PTM. Yeah, uh, it's been a little difficult, but. Like everybody else, you know, just getting comfortable in those uncomfortable moments and figuring it out through time. Mm. And to help with that, are you still doing the Thursday night bike rides? Yes, yes. So we have the uh, virtual rides on Tuesday now. Um, It it was Thursdays. Uh, But recently, right before we came on this trip, we changed it to Tuesday. So, again, just a way for folks, no matter where you are in the world, to build a community come do a virtual ride and then after we do the ride online uh we just chat you can drink water uh tea athletic brewing company is what i always like to drink (laughs) Um, what's your proudest physical achievement yeah so i would definitely say my proudest physical achievement is becoming sober I stopped drinking what uh june 16 2018 uh 6-19-18 um, that's definitely the proudest moment. June, I know it was Juneteenth. It, yeah. Was I, that intentional? I, did, I didn't know it was Juneteenth either. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize that until like six months later. Very cool. The Juneteenth like, bike ride must have been a cool feeling. Yeah, it was like a celebration. Yeah, for I real. didn't. I didn't mention it, but it was a celebration. So. Oh, man, that's awesome. So, so what is a hobby that you have that nobody really knows about or you don't talk about? Uh, poetry and storytelling. I love telling stories. I love writing poetry. I love just being creative with my with my thoughts. Oh man, that's awesome. So what what does it mean to you to live without compromise? Uh just be comfortable how you are, you know, not fitting into anybody's anybody else's expectations of what you are supposed to be. Um that's it. That's it. Just be you. Be comfortable being yourself. You know, you're the only person. You are your unique self. So just be comfortable being you and keep building community. And if you haven't, you're not, try to figure out how to. Hmm. It's worth it. It's worth it. I think so. 
Well, Mike, thanks for joining us on Without Compromise, man. It's awesome to have you on the ambassador team, have you part of this whole community that we're building. We like thinking outside the box, and we like to find you know folks to be in our community that are thinking outside the box too. So I appreciate you joining this ride and busting out hundreds of miles to get the baton to San Diego. And it wasn't what we planned on, but I mean... Yeah, it's 2020 for you. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> That's life for you. <laughs> yes, again, I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. All right, peace out. All right, so that was Mike Ship's story. You can find out more about him on Instagram. His Instagram handle is shiphappens215 or go to perfecttimingmultisport.com. You can also look up Perfect Timing Multisport across all sorts of platforms. Remember, if you'd like to try Athletic Brewing, we ship nationwide, two six-packs or more free shipping. Also, you can check our store finder online to find out where we are near you. So I hope you get some soon and keep living without compromise.